E-S-N-Y. still here it would just be perfection we we had to bring up Didi the the day that the Yankees play the Phillies we had to bring up Didi Gregorius um hello he's Mr. Emoji you can't mention emojis and not mention Didi Gregorius I am doing the healthy thing and just pretending he never existed that's the healthy thing to do when somebody leaves your team speaking of health do you see this I'm drinking a smoothie everyone a smoothie. smoothie a smoothie oh for dinner yeah that's that's way more healthy than my dinner which was crackers and sprite so oh i mean i have a cookie too but oh at least we have some substance there it's called balance called balance all right well this is episode 47 of the bleacher creatures podcast presented by elite sports new york now also presented by crossing broad a Philly site oh, that if you're not yes. familiar with is fantastic. They own us now. <laughs> they own us. <laughs> like Glaber Torres owns the Baltimore Orioles. Crossing Broad owns us. I think it's a little different because there's no um, no one's no one's crying. Oh, why don't you just walk them anymore? <laughs> ah, very true. But yes, absolutely. So that was uh, that was news from this week that came out. So we're very excited for some awesome new opportunities and to um, be under the leadership of, uh, you know, a site that's been around for quite some time and very successful and very, very entertaining. So we're excited. Yes. Crossing Broad Crossing Broad, and Warwick Gaming, mm-hmm. both excellent sites. I'm very much looking forward to the gambling aspect of uh, our new partnership with them. And I should say partnership as in they literally own our souls, but very excited about that. When we first started this podcast, gambling played a huge role in it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I wasn't Um, even involved at that point. Of course. But as always, brought to you by Rivercrest NYC and Astoria, Queens. That's never changing. Mm -mm. They They may not own our site, but they definitely own our favorite bar category. They also own my favorite Instagram follow. Phenomenal Instagram follow. Their stories are great. Food looks fabulous. Of course, I don't live in the area, so it's hard for me to get there. But if you guys live in the area, I would highly recommend it. It's very Instagrammable, which usually translates to really, really good. Absolutely. And to, to be honest, it's also very difficult for me to get there. So I don't go as often as I would like. But when I do go, oh boy, is it worth it. Perfect. That's a ringing endorsement. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we have a whole bunch of things to talk about. A myriad of topics, for sure. Um, first, I just want to talk about um, the biggest thing that that just fell into my lap today. I had to text James as soon as it happened. For whatever reason, I was on Google, and I must have been looking up you know, some Yankees articles, reading those, and up popped the New York Yankees YouTube channel. So I clicked on it. So you remember those mic'd up videos with Tommy Canely, Tyler Wade, Zach Britton? Obviously. Well, apparently those one-minute snippets they showed us don't tell the whole story. Ooh, mysterious. I know. There's actually videos that are like five minutes long. Just, you know, the whole video of the mic'd up thing just made my morning. Made my morning so much better. I was at watching watching five minutes of oh, I know we got a minute a singular minute of Tommy Canely just like walking around doing whatever but getting five times the amount of Tommy Canely just mulling about spring training in my life mm-hmm. that was that's everything I needed and more this has been like the worst week already it's only Wednesday it's been the worst week and then I saw Tommy Canely walk around for five minutes and I was like all right let's go I'm hyped <laughs> Tommy Canely walking around spring training 
bothering Chad Green like no other. Like, for whatever reason, he has it out for Chad Green. He literally said in the video, he goes, I'm just here to make Chad as uncomfortable as possible. (laughs) And Chad Green is, he's a real quiet dude. You know, he kind of keeps to himself, whatnot. And actually, you kind of saw in all three of the videos, um, they were constantly being like, hey, Chad, what do you have to say? And he's like, nothing. Nope. Yeah, he's just he's just keeping to himself. And, yeah. and Tommy Tommy came into this locker room in what was it, 2017. He came over with D-Rob and Todd Frazier. And he was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get Chad Green out of his shell. It's been three years. He hasn't accomplished it yet. But I would not bet against Tommy Canely in any, any circumstances. Because he's just going to wear Chad Green down. That's all he has. Just energy and stamina. So just added hilarity to the whole mic'd up content, um, having those full videos and watching those full videos just honestly made my day so much more on the personality side. Obviously, Tommy Canely is the biggest personality in that clubhouse. There's really no denying it. But even Zach Britton, like, ah, like last week I said, wow, it's incredible that like they've been holding out on us. But he is quite literally a closet comedian. He has to be. He is hilarious. Yeah, and I had no idea. Uh, you and me, we follow the Yankees very closely, obviously, because it's literally our job to. This is how, like, this is how we make money by following the Yankees. And we had no idea that Zach Britton was so fucking hilarious. Oh my gosh! Just the things he says, the way he develops those relationships with, like David Hale, you know, some of the other guys, and he is just a funny dude. And obviously he's not quite to Tommy Canley's level, but you know what? Those videos had me on a scale of Chad Green to unintelligible Tommy noises all the way up to unintelligible Tommy noises. I was so ecstatic. Best morning ever. All right. That's, that's the scale we're going to use going forward for like anything that ever happens. We're like, all right, like how excited are you about this? Are you Chad Green or are you unintelligible Tommy noises? Where are you on that scale? (laughs) Perfect. The answer is always the right answer, at least is unintelligible Tommy noises all the time. Because when Yankees baseball comes back, there's only 21 days until opening day. Can you believe that? I on it has felt like seven years since last season ended. Like it's been so long since baseball was on my television. It has. And uh, actually that kind of leads us into another topic. That's uh, a current problem that's going on. Um, YouTube TV is going to be uh, from what I understand, not carrying the yes network anymore, which is ultimately the reason I have YouTube TV. Just kidding. It's my boyfriend's. But ultimately, that's the only reason I use YouTube TV mm-hmm. is to watch that and watch the Disney Channel original movies at 2.30 in the morning. That's well, it. you don't even need that. They got those on Disney Plus now. You don't even See? need YouTube exactly. TV Now I can do that. But like I this happened to uh, the Yankees last year with Sling. And that was the only reason, you know, I cut the cable cord. I decided to do Sling because I had the Yes Network. That was the only reason I got Sling. And they got rid of it. So then I switched over to YouTube TV. Now they're getting rid of it. What does one do? What do I do? I don't know. And I have, because I, I'm in this problem right now. I don't know how, I, like right now, the spring training games are all on MLB TV. So I'm like, I'm making do. But once the season starts, I don't have that option. I have to find a streaming package. And thank God that I procrastinate like nobody's business. Because if I was like on top of my shit and I was like, hey, you know what, like, I need a streaming package. YouTube YouTube TV has the Yes Network. Like, that's it. I'm going right to YouTube TV. And all of a sudden, they don't have it anymore. And I, obviously, I'm not going to just cancel it in the first month. Like, who leaves? Like, who goes to the gym, signs up for the gym, then doesn't go for six months and then realizes six months later, like, oh, shit, I've been paying for the gym for six months. I absolutely do that. So did, did I really think I was going to? Yeah. Did I think I was going to cancel YouTube TV on time as soon as I found out they don't have the Yes Network? No chance. I would have been paying for two services. Thank God I'm lazy. <laughs> well, it sounds like Amazon Prime is going to help remedy the situation a little bit, but that's only 21 games, it sounds like. 21 yeah, games are going to be streaming. That's not enough. There's 162 enough. of them. Exactly. I mean, I don't know what percentage that is because math, but that's very little. Yep. Do it. Do the math. I'm doing, the, I'm doing the mental math. I know. Um... While you're doing the math, I'm going to 
probably rant again about, you know, the Yes Network and all that. I love the Yes Network. I've watched it ever since I was a kid and I love the broadcast. I love the announcers. And it's just sad that I honestly have no idea what I'm going to do this upcoming season. Do I have to purchase cable just so I can freaking watch the New York Yankees? Do I have to go to every single Yankee game? Maybe that's the answer. Well, you're going to have to move to New York to do that. And I would not recommend that right now because Mm. New York in the summertime, I love New York in the winter, but New York in the summertime smells like hot garbage, hot, wet garbage all the time. And it's always humid. And I'm not, I'm not a summer person. So I like, I, I straight up won't go to Yankees games in the summer. Like during the day, I'll only go to the night games. Cause I know if I go during the day, it's like, all right, I, I need like two entire bottles of sunscreen. I need at least 18 waters. Like I just don't do well in that, that Yankee stadium heat in the summer doesn't play for me. So what's the answer? I mean, what do we do? 8%. How 8%, 8% of the games. Are we sure? Do I have to test that? I'm going to test it. Go ahead and but test anyway. it because I had to use my calculator. Um, but the only problem is I haven't taken math in 11 years. So <laughs> I'm not sure if it's right. <laughs> Listen, this is a baseball podcast, not a math podcast. Okay. So for anyone out there who's like laughing at us right now, and is like, wow, they're dumb. No, we just like baseball, not math. We. Listen, we've been very, very clear about the fact that this is not a math podcast. Anytime we have to do math, we say, well, we're not a math podcast, but I don't know. It's probably like 8%. Who I knows? got 13%, so. Oh, geez. So, okay. <laughs> wow, we're really not a math podcast. Wow. Okay. I think in that case, we can settle on the fact that it's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's less than 20%. It's not enough. So not enough Yankees games. But, you know, this is also another way that uh, fans are talking about how to better market. You know, we want they want to market to younger fans. They want to get more people involved. How are we supposed to do that when all these TV channels are being cut out of deals, streaming stations? We're basically going to have to purchase MLB TV. And then, of course, games are going to be blacked out or, you know, it's going to be on national TV and then we're not going to be able to see it. This is not how you... <laughs> How you promote the sport. No, you're making you're making it impossible to watch baseball. And that's all I want to do. I just want to watch baseball. But it's it's impossible. I agree. I agree. I uh, don't really know what to do. I'm at a loss for words. And it makes me very sad because, you know what? I would love to see Garrett Cole striking out um, Andrew Benintendi or I just don't like Andrew Benintendi. Um, or really any other Red Sox. Anyone. I would love to see him strike out anyone. Just anytime I want to. 7.05, I'm sitting in front of the TV, or 6.35, depending on if they continue up with that this year. But sitting in front of the TV, watching the New York Yankees. And if I can't get them on my TV, I'm going to be a very, very sad little girl. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be on the opposite end of your I can't watch the Yankees right now rage. That's Mm -mm. oof. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No, not good. Not good at all. And coming up for the season... Um, we did receive some questionable news about Aaron Judge. Really no news, okay? Yeah, I don't like it. We've received no news. So remember how last week I told you that at the beginning of the episode, my panic level was like at a six? Yeah, I said zero. I was wrong. Okay, now it's at a 9.5. I am very, very worried. He's not going to be ready for opening day. He's gone through a ton of tests and basically Brian Cashman's like, yeah, well, we're not going to tell you guys until we actually know the answer, which means that the three rounds of tests he's already had, nothing's come up. And that's very concerning. This is what happened with Dellen Batanzas last year. But then we (laughs) also found out like halfway through the season that Dellen had this like shoulder impingement problem since the Yankees drafted him and they always knew about it. And then when Dellen was like, I don't know, something's wrong in my shoulder. No one was like, well, it might be that shoulder impingement you've had since we drafted you. Like no one thought that no one that didn't occur to anybody. No, it, it didn't cross their minds. Apparently this is very concerning. Um, just the fact that he's going to miss opening day. The fact that ever basically what happened is as soon as he was down with injury immediately, everyone was like, Oh, he's fine. He's fine. You know, Brian Cashman's like, yep, he'll be back. Aaron Boone's like, yep, he'll be back. Listen, I would rather just have them give it to me straight and just say, listen, we have no idea what's going on. Cause now I had hope. 
I had yeah, hoped always, for a couple weeks. Always under promise and over deliver. Always. I I would have to agree to that. I I think that's the way to go in this uh, in this instance. So clearly, there's something majorly wrong because he's having a hard time swinging. Oof. I don't like hearing majorly wrong. I don't. That's like when it comes to Aaron Judge. That's like I don't know. Like he's got a thing, and that's what that's how I want to leave it. He's got a thing. He's got we'll a see thing. what happens. He's but got a like, prior prior commitment. Yeah, I don't want to hear majorly wrong because losing Aaron Judge for I, I mean I feel like the Yankees would more or less be able to keep the boat afloat. They have plenty of depth. They can they can cover the loss, even though it's going to be a huge loss. But just like not getting it's like Luis Severino. I just don't get to watch him, and that's a bummer because I like watching Aaron Judge play. Obviously, I think we all do. I mean, I've never seen an outfielder his size go and dive after balls and just be so smooth. Like he's not even awkward in the outfield. He is just smooth. And that arm, I could watch him throw runners out from uh, the warning track every single day. Yeah, well, you know what? Now we'll just get Clint Frazier out in right field and he'll maybe he makes a routine play and then he overthrows the cutoff man. Who knows? That's his that's his big problem for me. The the depth perception for the fly balls might be from his concussion problems. So I'm hoping that that has resolved itself, that he'll at least be able to make the decent plays. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, you can't teach throwing to the cutoff, man. You just can't like that's it. He's got the yips in his, in his mind. He's like, I'm, I know I'm not going to hit whoever I'm supposed to hit, which is a shame because he has a great arm, mm-hmm. but it's just whenever he throws it, it's like he threw one in from, from right field in spring training, like a week ago. And he tried to throw it right to second base and you saw, I don't know who, I don't know who was there at the time. I think it was Tyler Wade who was at shortstop covering the bag. And he like dove for it and he missed it. And Herrera had to like slide for it to save it from going into the opposing dugout. I'm like, damn, Clinton, like you didn't even have a play. Oh, yeah. Um, we, the Yankees need Aaron Judge. Honestly, you know, if they if they miss him for a couple weeks, okay. But honestly, if it's if it's more than a month, there's a problem, a yeah. big problem. And you're gonna see the difference in the defense too. Well, obviously they have a lot of depth. I mean, Mike Talkman is he's a very good defensive player. Um, Aaron Judge is just something special. Um, I, you know, I don't. I obviously want to see him play. Everyone wants to see him play. He's one of everyone's just favorite players. He's. Right now, he's pretty much the face of the New York Yankees. Um, And having him out for more than a month would be a huge, huge issue. So, fingers crossed, thoughts and prayers, all that jazz. You know, sleep with a spoon under your pillow. Isn't that like a snow day thing? Yeah, well. I I totally forgot about that until you just said that right now. I used to do that all the time when I was a kid. And that was like, like everybody in elementary school. This is when, like, phones first came out. And you had... You had like a limited number of minutes until you got to the weekend and then you had unlimited time. So like nobody was like texting each other. Oh, make sure you put a spoon under. It was like a phone call train where it's like, all right, I called this person, this person and this person. You called these people. Let's make sure we all get a spoon under our pillow tonight. Ensure we have a snow day tomorrow. We had a class tree, too, where it told you exactly who to call, like from the entire class. But yes, spoon under the pillow, um, pajamas inside out. I don't know if you ever did that, too. Yep, yep, did that one, too. I'm just trying to think what else there was. I'm going to be I honest. Mean, we're really we're really dating ourselves here. If we have any younger listeners, they're going to be like, I've honestly never heard of any of these things. Yeah, I just looked at my phone, and then there was a cancellation text that was sent to me. Well, yeah, we didn't have that. We had to wake uh, up and listen to FM radio. I hop right on the TV, News 12 uh, on Long Island. And just then we had watch to that bottom ticker. Scroll, scroll, yeah. scroll. Oh man. Yeah, those were the days. Uh, there's no snow days when you're an adult, that's for sure. No. Also, God forbid you were watching the bottom ticker and you accidentally looked away from the screen when your part of the alphabet was coming up. Like I went to a school, it was called Locust Valley. So whenever the L's came up, there's a lot of L's in Long Island for no reason. But I would be watching, I'd be watching, and then I'd like turn, I'd start talking to my brother, I'd start talking to my mom, and then I'd come back, and we were on like, oh. I'd be like, shit, I have to watch like another 20 minutes of News 12 now to find out if I have to go to school. (sighs) Oh, man. Yeah. I wish we did have snow days. That'd be nice. 
definitely. But I mean, that was, sorry. this was a hell of a tangent. No, we definitely got off track there. But yes, the whole thing with Aaron Judge, obviously, we want the very best for him. And if there is a problem, we want him to heal properly so he's not coming in injured like he did. I believe it was the end of 2018, um, trying to carry the team and everything. So. And then you've also got Stanton, who they have determined is not going to be uh, ready for opening day either. This gets me, okay? A lot of people are on Facebook. Yankees Facebook is is back into play never, here. I never want to go there. We'll discuss that today because I don't think we even got a chance to discuss it last time. We um, it's I, a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I do have a funny story about it too today. Um, so anyway, uh, so Giancarlo Stanton... People are saying, oh, yeah, he's stealing money from the Yankees. I'm like, oh, okay. It was his decision to, you know, get hurt, whatever. But my problem is he has a grade one calf strain, which typically takes seven to ten days to heal. It's not been seven to ten days. It's going to be 21 days until opening day. He's already been out for at least a week and a half. What's going on? Are they just being extra cautious? Yeah, I feel like part of it definitely has to be that they don't want it. Like, he still needs spring training. He still needs to get ready. So maybe that's going to delay his his time frame a little bit. Like, the way it's it's delaying James Paxton's time frame, where he's throwing already, but, you know, he's not going to be ready to pitch for, like, a month. So maybe uh, maybe maybe that's kind of what they're doing. And we the Yankees have like one of the easiest schedules to start the season. I say easy now. We don't know what the teams are going to look like. But I mean, we're opening against the fucking Orioles. So how hard could it be? Listen, for the Orioles for opening day, I don't need Aaron Judge. I don't need Giancarlo Stanton. I need Glaber Torres. And that's it. Single handedly, that guy can beat that team. But. Still, it is of concern that, you know, a a calf strain could last this long. So hopefully they're just being cautious. I hope there's nothing else kind of lingering because I wouldn't be surprised if there was and they're just not telling us. Um, I would hate that. I would hate that so much. Yeah, it wouldn't be good, but I wouldn't be surprised that would happen. I feel like that has happened before. Well, yeah, that happened all of last year where, I mean, we've mentioned this at least 10 times this offseason. When Aaron Hicks got hurt last year, it was like, I don't know, is he going to be ready for the opening series? Maybe not. Like, he might not be ready till that second series of the year. And we didn't see him for months. And he was just hurt the whole time. And we didn't learn anything. Nobody said, like, oh, like, he re-injured this. It was just like, no, he's still still recovering from this injury. And mm-hmm. it's we. I know we said it was going to be a month, but it's been three now. But, like, right. there was no update about it. Exactly. So... Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. And with that being said, you sent me an interesting text yesterday about uh, Lindsay Adler from The Athletic and her predictions for opening day. What say you, James? I did. I did think this was was super interesting because Lindsay Adler is someone who is, she's obviously the beat writer for The Athletic. So she's at spring training. She's watching the practices. She's watching all this stuff. And completely offhandedly, when she was going over a potential opening day lineup, she put Miguel Andujar in left field and Clint Frazier at DH as a possible outfield if Aaron Judge can't go on opening day. I mean, the uh, first of all, I think there's two ways to look at it. There's, oh, we're really excited about how Miguel Andujar looks in left field, that he can actually do this. Or there's... Clint Frazier is honestly so bad with a glove in his hand that we would rather put a guy out there who's been playing left field for two months. We'd rather have Clint Frazier just hit than the guy who's been playing third base his entire life. You are literally describing the two camps of thought for this. Those are the only two thoughts. Those are the only two thoughts. It's either super positive or super negative. Honestly, yeah. I saw it as a positive. I saw it as Miguel Andujar is um, progressing incredibly well in the outfield, which I have seen some videos of him on defense. And so far, it looks look good. Like he looks good. Um, 
but also Clint Frazier, maybe they just want him to focus because when it comes to the batting aspect, of course, he's got quick hands. He's a good batter. But last year, he wasn't quite as good as he was his first year. So maybe they want him to focus a little more, get some more at bats under his belt, not have to worry necessarily about the defensive end of things until he absolutely has to give him some more time. That's what I'm looking at it as. However, you're just getting super negative. It's really harsh in my vibe. Listen, I hate getting negative about Clint Frazier. I love Clint Frazier. I love him with a bat in his hand. This year he changed his stance up. Someone pointed out it's more like uh, it's more like Juan Soto where his front leg is a little more closed off and he's not coming. He doesn't have an open stance at all. So he's he looks great at the plate. Everything looks great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with everything that's gone on the last two years, like my first thought was like the Yankees have absolutely zero faith with him in the outfield. Like, I get like maybe it's just so he can focus at the plate and that's fine. But like Clint Frazier has been playing the outfield for his entire life. Miguel Andujar has been playing left field only for a couple months. And then this, this writer, Lindsay Adler, who we love, her vibe, her general vibe about the situation is that the Yankees would feel more confident with the two-month outfielder than the lifetime outfielder. Well, why not give Miggy a shot if it's if the Yankees are going to start the season with one of the easiest schedules, you know? That's fair. And I listen, I don't hate it. I don't I'm not saying she's wrong. <laughs> no, saying, no, I know. Yeah. It's it's a very peculiar way to look at it because honestly the first thing you would think would be to have the natural outfielder out there I mean if I were to look at it and obviously I'm not down at spring training I'm not seeing everything the yes network is not on YouTube TV so I can't watch everything Um, but from what I would imagine it would be Gardner Talkman and Clint Frazier out there because those are the natural outfielders you know, yep. I I wouldn't sit there and think about Miggy. So the fact that Lindsay suggests that maybe means that he's progressing a little bit better than we imagined. Yeah, I would even think Tyler Wade. It's just like mm-hmm. I, Tyler Wade's a better outfielder than Clint Frazier is. That's that's not that's not a hot take. Uh, he hasn't played outfield for that long, but he's just so athletic and so fast, and he's so talented defensively at every position he plays that if you said, okay, like Tyler Wade's going to play right field or left field, I'd be like, okay, like that makes sense. They just want a good glove out there, and maybe this is finally the year Tyler Wade swings the bat well. His swing looks shorter again. Mm-hmm. The, comparing it to like 2018, it took eight years for him to swing in 2018, and now it's like a nice compact swing. This is the first bad spring training he's had, so maybe he'll be good in the regular season. I don't know. Who knows? But, like, Miguel Andujar is, is, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever way you can get him into the lineup, you need him in the lineup, especially with the way he's been hitting this spring, showing that really he hasn't slowed down, even with that shoulder uh, surgery. He really Absolutely. hasn't. Helicopter swing is still assumed. there. Yeah. I just would have assumed that it would have been Andujar at the DH instead of Frazier. Like, they're not bumping Andujar to the left field because they need his bat in the lineup and Geo's taking third base. It's like, you have a DH and you have an outfielder and you're choosing Mm -hmm. the other guy. But that's besides the point. It's going to be... I feel like it's going to be a rough go for it for Andujar early on. Not because he's going to be, like, a bad defender, but because just think of how great the Yankees outfielders are defensively like the starting outfielders. You got Brett Gardner in left field, Aaron Hicks in center, Aaron judge in right. Like those are all gold glove caliber outfielders. Mm-hmm. So even if Andujar is only average, like, I mean, the subjective response is going to be this guy fucking blows. You're right. You're right. And Miguel Andujar obviously coming off uh, a huge rookie campaign and then having the entire season off. He's got some big shoes to fill. He's got to see if he's, you know, a, a one-hit wonder or if he can actually sustain that type of production for a couple more seasons. So yep. he's he's got a lot of pressure on him. Um, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. I'm excited to see how he's going to be playing and, you know, especially if he's playing in left field, really get a better idea of, of what he's been doing to kind of work on that left field position because it's something totally different than what he's been doing for his entire career. I mean, for what it is worth, like he does look great in left field so far. He's only made routine plays, but he looks really comfortable. 
But hey, routine plays are a big part of the game. True. All right, let's change gears for a second here. I want you to tell me why I should fall in love with Roselle Herrera. <laughs> Roselle Herrera, 27-year-old utility man. Honestly, from what I've seen and looking at his history and everything, uh, he's a, a utility guy from the Dominican. He can play six different positions, okay? He's played every outfield position. He's played second base. He's played shortstop. Um, and I think he's played third base as well. So he's he's able to play basically anywhere in the field. Um, you know, I really didn't get a good glimpse of him. I saw him one game where he got a couple of hits, and I really liked his approach at the plate. Nice, compact swing, but also he was hitting the other way, which I love. Because he also hits it hard. Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't like a little dribbler through the hole. Um, basically, they were shading him towards the right field line. So they had three infielders on the right side. He just he knocked it right through that shortstop hole. Like, beautiful hit. He really seems to know what he's doing at the plate. His story reminds me a lot of Gio Urshela. He got a couple of chances in the majors, not too many, but you know, he, he definitely had some at bats. And he really didn't do anything. But then he adjusted his approach at the plate. And who knows what's going to happen? Because we know what happened with Gio Urshela. Once he adjusted his approach, he became the next big thing in the Bronx. So so many guys. Gio Urshela, Mike Tockman, uh, Cameron Mabin. Mm-hmm. Guys who the Yankees. We talked to, to Max Greenfield about this. I don't remember if this was on the podcast or if this was just a conversation that we had had with him. Where he interviewed with the Yankees to be part of their scouting team, ended up getting an internship with the Nationals. So shout out to him. Um, but he said when the Yankees were going over their their qualifications and their pitch to him, they said, "Well, we look for this specific thing above all else. We want to see guys who just hit the ball hard. We don't really care about average. We don't really care about launch angle because those are things that we can teach. But if you have a very high exit velocity," That's like, if we think we can get a hard hit out of you, you very much appeal to us. And that's mm-hmm. what they did. They taught uh, Cameron Maben came out and said, yeah, like I was always thought of as like a, a fast outfielder, which is get the ball on the ground and run. And then I came here and Marcus Tim said, dude, you're six, three and you're pretty strong. Like use your legs a little hit for power. And he did. And he had a great season last year. Giro Rochelle was the same thing where it's just like, we're just going to tweak your approach a little bit. And then he turns into, he almost won a batting title last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's see. Um, I did find also online, too, because I, I wrote a, a piece on Roselle Herrera earlier this piece. week. Read it. Everybody read it. It was very good. <laughs> Thanks. I read it. Thanks. Um, well, I'm glad you did, because uh, I certainly hope you would. Uh, But basically, they didn't really have any like updated scouting reports on him. Uh, But I did find one that uh, Craig Mish, um, he, I guess, uh, is a radio host. And he he was passing along last year a scouting report from uh, Roselle Herrera, basically saying he's really hardworking, um, plays everywhere. He also said greatest teammate and very coachable. And he needs some dream. Yeah, right. He needs some adjustments at the plate to be a big league hitter. If he does, he can be an everyday player for the right team. If all players were like him, everyone's job would be great. Very refreshing player. So all good things. Obviously, scouting reports usually are pretty good things, but they did mention he needs some adjustments at the plate. Is it possible he's already started to make those adjustments and that's why he's been hitting so well this spring? Very possible. Don't hate it at all. No. Not a bad, not a bad move at all. And he is a non-roster invitee. So obviously if he wanted a position on the Yankees, they would, I, you know, have to do some shuffling around, but he seems to be pretty, pretty decent and we'll see what happens. He's probably going to start the, start the year in the minor leagues. I wouldn't be surprised about that, but you know, who knows? Something could happen. Everything happens. Last year, 2019 was just I don't want to say it's going to happen again this year, but it did very much prove the value of having like these guys in your minor league system who mm-hmm. last year, I mean, it was Cliff Frazier, Tyler Wade last year with Gio or Shella Talkman. And now this year, maybe it's Roselle Herrera, maybe mm-hmm. Clark Schmidt, Davey Garcia you guys were like, yeah, like we don't really on the opening day roster, but let's not kid ourselves. They're going to play a role this year. 
And let's not forget, too, that Gio Urshela started last season in AAA. Yep. He was not even up in the Bronx. Absolutely nothing. He was not up in the Bronx and he got called up and he did his job. So, you know what? Doesn't matter where he starts the season, but I feel like Rosal Herrera really does have an opportunity to be up with the Yankees and he seems to be a really good fit for this team, especially having a, a strong super utility player. It, you know, we got Tyler Wade, who obviously can play and is very, very fast. I see him more as, you know, if he's subbing in, it's more for a pinch run role or to give someone a day off. I mean, that's that's honestly what you're probably going to see for him. Mm-hmm. But Herrera, he he could be something good. So keep an eye on him. Um, definitely the rest of this spring. But uh, even when he's down in AAA, definitely worth a look. Definitely fair. Also speaking of Tyler Wade. He and Clint Frazier hit two balls to the moon last week. It was, back I mean, to back I've never seen Tyler Wade hit a ball that hard. Yeah, I've never seen Tyler Wade hit a ball that hard in my entire life. I was shocked. <laughs> yeah, that was fun to watch. And then they they were joking with each other that, you know, who hit it further and stuff like that. So Tyler Wade. Was, Tyler Wade absolutely yeah. hit it further. He hit a bomb. I mean, Clint Frazier hit it over the concourse, though. I mean... Right? Tyler Wade, he got a down and in pitch and he just he dropped the barrel of the bat to it and just oh boy. He's been working out. Yeah, I guess you're right. We've seen the videos. We have the proof. And uh Gio Urshela hit a home run too. So, you know, the the Bronx Bombers are they're getting getting warmed up here after starting uh spring training 0 and 3. And although it's spring training, so it doesn't always matter as much. It still matters to me. I want to see them hit home runs. It matters how they look, though. That's right. how, yeah, the numbers don't really matter. But if you go up there and you like if you just kind of slap a few singles this early in spring, your average is going to be like 400. But you didn't really hit the ball that hard. So mm-hmm. is that no one really cares about that? Or if you're you're Tyler Wade, you're not really swinging it that well. But then you hit one to the goddamn moon and you're like, all right, this is this is all right. I think I could do this. And yeah, it really it's a good look for you, for sure. Um, So I wanted to talk also about spring training down in Tampa. <clears throat> Apparently, there's the first confirmed diagnosis of coronavirus in Tampa. Yikes. So there was an article in um, it was on NJ.com. And... Who's who's the beat writer for them? Is it's Cuddy, right? Cuddy doesn't uh, NJ.com. Well, this, this one was from Randy Miller. Okay. Yes. Um. So this specific article, it was a very interesting article, but it was essentially about the the coronavirus scare. And now that there's officially been a case in Tampa, things have changed a little bit, and you know people are starting to take a few more precautions. Um. Fair. I myself am a germaphobe. I am a card carrying member of the germaphobe society. I really do have a card if you want to see it. I'm just kidding. I don't have a card, but I think it'd be fun. <laughs> I was going to ask to see that. I think it'd be pretty fun. That was going to be the video, just you showing off your germaphobe card. <laughs> here's, like, Look, here's my germaphobe. I hate germs. Germaphobe anonymous. Oh, right. Okay. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so obviously this whole kind of mass panic and mass hysteria that's going on, you know, it's it's scary. There's, there's a case down in Tampa, and for that, it's getting to some players. So, you know, Zach Britton talked about how he's not going to probably sign as many autographs. You know, makes sense. Obviously, there's a ton of people there. People are constantly wanting to shake your hand and touch you and, ugh, you know, germs. Ugh, I just, just... – that's fair. Sorry. I can't. I can't really affer- I can't afford I to be a, a germaphobe. I had a I'm moment. Not- <laughs> yeah, that's fair. No, I had a that's moment. That's fair. That's totally fair. I, I mean, <laughs> germs are gross, but I, I, I'm on the New York subway for like an hour and a half every single day, so I can't really afford to be a germaphobe. So yes, for me, this is very difficult to read, but I did it. I conquered a fear and I read through this entire article. So, you know, Zach Britton mentioned he probably wouldn't do as many, you know, fan friendly get togethers as he would normally because it's a little concerning. He's got children. And then he talked about the concern if it got uh, to one of the players in the clubhouse, you know, they all touch the same baseball. It's, you know, it, it's a whole thing. Now, this article really pissed me off not the article itself but there's a a quote in here from a gentleman who thinks that they're insane i thought Um, we were about to put randy miller on notice oh 
no, 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 no. No, it's actually, it's a really well-researched article. He talked to a bunch of players, got a better idea. It was something I didn't really think about, but I will tell you that he talked to this gentleman. His name is John. 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 Oh, I scrolled right past it. Oh, my God. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay. John Kozlik. He's a Wall Street commodity trader who lives in Staten Island. John. Oh, what a dick. I, right. John, I don't like you. I don't like you. You know why? This is what he says. And I quote, John Kozlik, a Wall Street commodity trader who lives in Staten Island, just like I said, was disappointed that his shiny white ball didn't have many signatures on it Tuesday by the time the Yankees finished batting practice. Besides A-Rod, he only scored signatures from two other former players, spring training instructor Willie Randolph and MLB Network host Carlos Pena. All right, listen, John, okay? I get it. You're there for autographs. You're a grown man going to spring training for autographs. For Loser. What? I don't know. To put him in your office? To put him on display? To never touch again? Tell okay, fine. You can probably afford to buy those. Right? I think he could afford to buy those. But no. Apparently, it's such a huge deal. He needs all these autographs. Well, how are those autographs going to treat you when you're dying? How are they going to treat you when it's your fault that all the pitchers on the on the team are sick? What if he had coronavirus and he gave it to people? How would he feel? Oh, probably fine because he gave everyone the autographs. Like he got all the autographs he wanted. No, I'm not happy with John. I don't think he's stupid. He said too. he said, I get that some players don't want to sign, but I think it's ridiculous. The coronavirus, everyone is going crazy. Give me a break. Everyone is going to live in a bubble right now. Yeah. Germaphobe here, okay? No, I don't like this. This is bad. That's bad. I don't like that. John has way too many autographs, and John just wants more autographs. He wants to, to take all these autographs, maybe sell them. He's rich enough, like I said, he could buy his own autographs, but no. He wants to risk getting himself and other people sick just so he can get one tiny signature on a baseball. Get over yourself. I don't think I've ever seen you get this angry before. Listen, it's the germaphobe talking. I just, germaphobe Allison is a whole different beast. It's scary stuff. Scary stuff. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to put that in the back of my mind. Just if I ever get sick, I know I was sick a few weeks ago, and ooh, if I knew you were a germaphobe, I would have lied about that immediately. I would not have admitted to you that I was sick. Well, I'll tell you, it's super funny that you mentioned that because I went to a Yankees game and I sat in the bleachers and I decided to like stay down and see if I could potentially get some autographs and, you know, hang around some of the fans. And my younger sister and her friends went up to our seats and I get up there and I'm like, why aren't you sitting in our seats? And so I sat in our seats and my sister looked at me and they all looked at each other and I was like, what? And she goes, the kid behind you just puked all over. And I was like, Oh. Mhm. Yeah. Not not no. Not on the seat, but like enough where it was like nearby and I was like nope, gone, gone. I had to go. Right? Exactly. And it was because It's a nightmare. Exactly. So my sister was like, "Yeah, I told my friends not to tell you because you would freak out." And I was like, Right. That's a that's a rightful freak out. That's a that's a rightful thing to freak out about. Some kid just puked right next to where you were sitting. Like, yeah, I'd be I'd be pretty concerned as well. But also that was the game that Brett Gardner went yard when I was actually there and I got to do my guardy party videos. So I guess it worked out in the end. But yeah, I had a lot of anxiety leading up to that moment. That was bad. That was bad. So, yeah, I'm a germaphobe card carrying member. Proud card carrying member of the Germaphobe Society. We're good. I think I think I know what I'm cutting for the video for this week now. <laughs> Here's my card. <laughs> oh, I should have just freaking put a box up here. Yeah, no one would have known. No, that's just my box of cookies that I ate all day today. So all it's right. fine. So we we've had two pretty wild tangents already. Let's get, bring it all the way back around, back on track. Let's talk some starting <laughs> pitching. Okay, sounds good to me. So, go. So, so, we have a few candidates for that final spot, and I want to know who you're going with on 
opening day. Who is getting that last spot in the rotation? We got Mike King, Clark Schmidt, Jonathan Loisaga might be in the bullpen, might be a starter, who knows? And Davey Garcia, who's kind of a dark horse, but who knows? What are we looking at? I'm saying Michael King. I'm going with Michael King. Um, so far, he's looked pretty decent this spring. I think Clark Schmidt is great. I feel like he's going to be a, more of a midseason call-up if there are some more injuries or concerns. I do want to see more of Michael King in the majors. Um, we didn't really get much of an opportunity to see him last year. And he's from Rochester, so holla. Um the other thing, too, is that uh, I do really like Jonathan Loisaga. Um, Johnny Lasagna, I always call him in my messages, too. No, he's, just because yeah, he's Johnny He's here to spell. I mean, <laughs> but um, Jonathan Loisaga, I feel, though, as though people are going to basically see him as the next kind of Dellen Batances type pitcher. Um, obviously, he doesn't quite have the velocity of that, but his velocity has looked really good the past couple of years. Yeah, so, he's been touching 97. Yeah. But so far, like his spring stats have been really incredible. He's pitched five innings of hitless ball, nine strikeouts. Um, you know, he developed last year a slider uh, into his repertoire, and it's looked really good. It's a 97 mile an hour slider. Yeah, pretty, pretty tough to hit. So if he, if he can perfect that location, which it seems like so far this spring, he's been working on pretty well. Um, primary pitch is the four-seam fastball. Uh, secondary pitch, I believe, is the um, is the curve. He's got a curveball as well. He's got a great curve. Ball. Yeah, exactly. And the curve is really what got the strikeouts for him. So I'm looking forward to seeing him come out of the bullpen. I feel like he's really going to be a good you know, short inning guy, maybe two innings at most. He could yep. pull a role like Chad Green used to pull. Um, you know, be, or maybe closer he... Luis Sessa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Not really sure what that was, but yeah, that was, <laughs> it like, was like a, a uh... combination of excitement and unintelligible Allison noises. I don't know, but um, <laughs> but. Lysaga, I could definitely see him in the bullpen. I would like to see Michael King at the end of that rotation, um, really balancing it out. And you got a young guy. I, I think you got to give him a shot. Strong agree. Uh, partly because Clark Schmidt isn't on the 40-man roster, so we're going to have to make some moves to get him up. Uh, partly because he's never pitched above AAA or above AA. He's never been in AAA before. He's never had a major league start. Um, so it's just like, why, why rush that guy? Uh, King, right. he's not gonna he's not gonna blow you away with anything, I don't think. But he's kind of what you're looking for a fifth starter is to just have a stable presence. There's someone mm -hmm. who you know he'll give you five innings, so keep it three runs or less. Like, he's gonna give you a chance to win this game more than likely, and that's all we really need. Right. I mean the the two main or well technically three, I guess you could say. Well, let's go with two. The two mainstays in the rotation are obviously going to be Garrett Cole. And um, Masahiro Tanaka, you know, J-Hap, who knows what's going to happen with him this year. Obviously, if he performs well, they're going to keep him in the rotation. There's no doubt about it. When he's on his game, he's one of the best. Um, Jordan Montgomery, you know, still coming off of an injury. We're not really sure what to expect from him. But right now during the spring, we've seen some really good stuff from him. And he really he fills fantastic. a nice hole. Yeah, he fills that nice hole where we're missing James Paxton as a lefty out there. Mm -hmm. um so that's really good too and then that fifth hole you know you got michael king so really when uh let's see when james paxton comes back you know you're gonna bump someone out of that rotation probably gonna go down to triple a you know get a little bit more you're basically the lucky thing is if you start the season strong with five good or decent starting pitchers and james paxton comes back you're just going to have an embarrassment of riches. It's going to be incredible. So that yeah. way you know if anyone else goes down, you know, knock on wood, for injury, you have people that are going to be able to fill that slot. So I think now is a really good time to test out Michael King. I fully agree. I think he's a very safe option. I think, I don't know, Loisaga has looked so good. I feel like they might be giving him a look as a starter. But I also agree with you there. I think he plays... Like if he plays his stuff up to a bullpen roll, and he's like maybe that 97 turns into a 99, and he's got that great curveball. And obviously we have Matt Blake now, a former driveline guy who's just going to get all of the RPM out of every single pitch imaginable. Like 
he's going to be an absolute weapon. If he could just go mm-hmm. just two innings, get me get me innings six and seven before we turn it over to Zach Britton and Araldis Chapman, like golden, golden. Right. Everything is perfect. Right, exactly. And like looking through, um, looking through his stats, uh, Loisaga's stats from like even just last year, games that he started, he really did struggle in. He allowed a lot of runs. So when he came in later in the game, you know, sixth inning to the end of the game against Oakland um, on August 20th last year, he pitched two and two thirds innings, one hit, two strikeouts. Like he, he got the job done. But when he started earlier in the season against Seattle, four innings, six hits, four earned runs, two walks. When he pitches fewer innings, he tends to be better. So why not not pull? Don't pull on him the whole Chad Green, Luis Sessa thing where you start back and forth, back and forth. Pick a spot, make him work at it, make him be an expert at the craft. And then he's going to be incredible. That's fair. I think Luis Sessa is going to have a great year this year out of the bullpen. I think this is because this is the first time we've ever been like, all right, Luis, you are a bullpen arm. We're not <laughs> you're not stretched out as a starter. We're not like we don't need you as a five inning emergency guy. Like you're going to go one, maybe one and a third, one and two thirds innings every couple of days. Like go out there, let it fucking eat. And I think he's right. going to have a huge season. Honestly, having that mindset makes such a difference because I can only imagine what it was like for him, you know, trying to focus on giving his all for that one inning or one and a third inning. And then, you know, two weeks later going out and having to do the first through the fourth inning, you know, it's such a weird mindset to have. And it's, such you know, you really want to focus on on one expertise area of expertise. And I think the bullpen is it for Luis Sessa. Strong agree. Okay, so we're on the same page about this. We're on the same page about you. most things, probably because we're both very smart and we know a lot of things, uh, so we don't fall into the Yankees Facebook, Yankees Twitter traps. But <laughs> Listen, shall we talk about Yankees Facebook now for a quick sec? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I, You know, I'm not sure. I, I saw this today. I was on... Um... Oh, my, oh, my oh, God. N- oh, no. my God. I, I was just... I was just about to open up Yankees Facebook and what should pop up but a picture of you from like, you must have been four in this picture, which going down to the pool with a fucking tube around you. (laughs) Oh my God. James, that was last year. (laughs) This is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Look at this. (laughs) Look at that. That's the funniest picture I've ever seen. <laughs> All right, so it's back back to Yankees Facebook. <laughs> wow. So if anyone hasn't seen that picture, I posted it because I'm going down to Tampa um fr- Saturday morning, bright and early for the stop laughing. He's dying of laughter over here. I put I put the mic on mute. I have to, I need a minute. Just keep just keep talking. Sure. So I'm going to Tampa um, and I'm going to see a couple games, possibly cover a couple games as well. So super excited about all of that. Um, And so I had to post a throwback picture of me in Florida because we used to go every year. We used to stay down in Sarasota. And um, so that was my throwback picture. It's me and some sunglasses and um, this one piece sunflower bathing suit and an inner tube. And I look like a freaking Instagram influencer. I do. Absolutely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. That's like, it's prime fashion. Did that picture make it to Twitter yet? No, I'll, I'll post it to Twitter, though. Definitely got to do that. <laughs> so, okay. So Yankees Facebook. Um, Yankees Twitter is obviously in a world of its own. I've also started to join the the likes of a Yankees Reddit. I started using Mm-mm. Reddit. I don't Mm-mm. think it's right. I don't like it. It's a trap. So, it's a trap. So I use it for The Bachelor, really. But... Um, yes, I looked up the Yankees one too, but Yankees Facebook is a completely different animal. So I saw earlier today, someone posted, um, on one of the groups and said, I don't know about you guys, but does anyone else miss, uh, Robinson Cano, but they spelled Cano as canoe. And all I can picture is a canoe with Robinson Cano's face on it. And I'm like, Oh, well, did you forget about his favorite teammate, Terrence Orr? Or, you know, we now have a new pitching coach, Matt Lake. Like, 
I just love all this stuff. That's right up your alley. That's like, that's pun city right there. Yeah, I came up with those two just like right away. I knew what I had to do. But uh, yeah, Yankees Facebook. I I don't know if any of you are involved in Yankees Facebook, but it's something. I'll shout out one Yankees Facebook page that I didn't know about until my uh, my old baseball coach invited me to the to join this page. It's called True Blue. It's a it's entirely Yankees Facebook page. And some of the things I see on there, like, thank God I can't copy and paste a comment from Facebook into one of my Twitter take articles because I would get kicked out of that group so fast. It's some of the dumbest stuff I've ever seen. It's like everything that you hate about Yankees Twitter is a million times worse on Yankees Facebook because the only people who still use Facebook are apparently you to post throwback pictures from when you're going to Tampa and like 80 year old men who are like Miguel Andujar can't play defense they should trade him for Justin Verlander (laughs) I'm like no no Bob that's not realistic Like, in the real world, we have Karen as the lady that yells at the managers. So, in the face Yankees Facebook world, it's always a Bob. Always yeah, a Bob. Yankees Bob. That's who he's going to be from now on. Yankees Bob. Just, just the worst. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, there, there are certainly some interesting takes. And they... Uh... Uh, like I, that was the one I saw with Stanton. They were like, Stanton is just straight up stealing money now. And I was like, oh, my God. I, I can't. I can't you gotta look at- se- you gotta separate the contracts from the players. That drives me so crazy. Like Aaron Judge has been injured almost as much as Giancarlo Stanton these last few years, but nobody mm-hmm. jumps down Judge's throat because he's until this year he's been making league minimum because he was such a new player. And Giancarlo Stanton, he's not even making that much money a year. Mm-hmm. Like his contract was so long, he's making what like twenty five a year. Like that's fairly reasonable for someone as talented as he is. Right. But it's just, oh, it's oh, this huge contract. We expect you to hit 100 home runs and drive in 3,000 runs. I'm like, well, that's not realistic, Bob. <laughs> Come on, Bob. But, I'll, you know, going back to my favorite thing, which is Yankees Twitter, um, I did see something on Yankees Twitter regarding, uh, ooh, actually, pause this. Now I'm on Yankees Twitter, and since I can't watch the Yankees game tonight, um, Jay, Jay Happ pitched this evening, four innings, two hits, one walk, no runs, six strikeouts. Where them haters at? Who is that? Who? What? It's, it's a picture of Brendan Cuddy. <laughs> he tweeted Hi, this and then, and then Lindsay Adler tweeted, uh, nug life for, <laughs> I'm assuming a particular, Let's say recreational plant. Oh, the chicken nugget plant. Yep. Yes, naturally. Because he looks like a psychopath in it. But I love Cuddy. He's him and Eric Boland will literally snap back on anybody on Yankees Twitter. Oh, and it's absolutely. Like, it's, it's my favorite because that's I, like beat writers get so much hate. People say like, oh, you're terrible at your job. You have no idea what you're doing. I'm like, yeah, all right. Well, they're in the locker room actually doing the job, and you're sitting at home watching them do their job. Who do you think has a better insight on the team? Like, I would never, I would never walk up to Lindsey Adler or tweet at Lindsey Adler and be like, I know more than you. No, I don't, because Lindsey Adler's in the locker room every day, mm-hmm. and I'm just watching TV. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, they snap back. I love it. So I wanted to talk about um, this. Twitter account that has just popped out of nowhere. Um, it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you do. It is uh, the Houston Astros. It, what is the what is the Twitter name? Because I'm it's trying the, to find it's it. It's the 2020 Astros Shame Tour. Ah, that's the one. So that account started in February. I don't know when in February. It already has 167.8 thousand followers. Rightfully so. Just wow. Incredible. And it's hilarious. I love <laughs> I love all the tweets on there. They're just great. It's I mean someone someone was I'm kind of mad at myself for not thinking of that myself. Like someone had to do this. 
that I just keep track of how many times the Astros players get hit, all the all the videos of them getting booed. Like somebody was gonna do that. I'm pretty mad that it wasn't me, but I'll take that. Yeah. And I mean, everywhere, every single spring training camp you've seen, people have been talking about it. Players have been talking about it. People have been making signs with little asterisks on them and putting them next to the Houston Astros, you know, sign in front of their complex. What what a horrible, horrible look it was for the Astros, like the stadium security. I get maybe signs aren't allowed at all there, but what a terrible look it is to steal a sign about the mm-hmm. Astros stealing signs. It's, I mean, you literally can't make it up. The things that are happening to them, it's, I'm, it's the ultimate baseball curse of all time. And uh, they did post today that someone had Aroldis Chapman sign a, <laughs> a giant trash can sign um, that's got the Houston Trash Dros logo on there. And... Just wow. Just wow. Overall, just silently salty. Well, listen, the New York Yankees are no longer the most hated franchise. And you know why? It's because they haven't won in quite a few years. (laughs) Obviously, if they win a World Series, everyone's going to be like, ah, back to hating them again. But I don't know. I honestly think this Astros thing is going to persist. They might have permanently stolen that crown. I do think it's pretty entertaining how MLB just kind of assumed that it would just disappear and, you know, whatever swept under the rug. But you just angered thousands of baseball players. Thousands. Yeah, I know. They like they didn't just assume it would like go away. They literally swept it under the rug, like mm-hmm. actively. They were like, yeah. we're going to push this aside and hope no one ever finds out about that as if that ever works. But I know we talked we talked a couple weeks ago about the way the ALS uh, the ALS was gonna shake out mm-hmm. and yeah. so I don't know like I know the Astros are maybe they were really good because they were stealing signs but there's still a lot of talent and I honestly think they might miss out on the playoffs not because they're not a talented team but because just the Astros shame tour is gonna. It's, it's just going to wear them down so fast. You mm-hmm. imagine like the dog days of summer. It's like it's it's June. It's July. No one really is like only the psychopaths like us are really intensely following baseball. Mm-hmm. But every time they go to an away city, it's like, all right, the Astros in town. Let's go get fucking rowdy and boo the shit out of them. Like that's going to wear them down. They might they might lose a few extra games. They I mean, they probably were going to win like 96, 97 games this year maybe they lose five more of those games that they would have won. And now you're talking about playing in a wild card game. Maybe if they lose 10 more, you're talking about not getting into the playoffs at all. Like Mm -hmm. I would love that. That would be awesome. Well, we can only dream because we want Mike Trout in the playoffs. I need Mike Trout in the playoffs. I need it. Baseball needs Mike Trout in the playoffs. Let's be real. Also shout out to Christian Yelich getting paid. That's a like, weird player-friendly deal that's also, like, him getting paid. Not bad. 215 Not bad. mil over seven years plus uh, some deferrals and some options. But that's not bad at all. I could nice do it with work. 215 mil. Nice work, Pete Davidson. Good job. <laughs> Classic. I forgot about that. But All right. What else you got? That's really all I got today. Okay, we covered a lot. Great. Yeah, that's great because we're pushing over an hour now. But <laughs> all right, well, so we will this. wrap it up there. I always listen to this on one and a half speed, so it's like two minutes less, maybe. <laughs> two minutes less. Yeah, pretty much. I think I think not a math podcast, but I think that would probably average out to like fifteen minutes less. Mm, we'll do the math later. Yeah, we'll do the math later. It's, or never, probably not. Or, or people could do the math in a five-star review. I'm not going to tell them to do that, but if people wanted to leave a five-star review, they could do math in it. So, Or if you are offering up math lesson services, you let us know in your five-star review. Yeah, we need an official an official math person for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Someone who's just, we'll do a three-way Skype call. We'll just have one person who's like, we can't do the math. Like, hey, math guy, help us. <laughs> So we don't sound stupid. Yeah, basically. (laughs) All right. So let's wrap it up there. 
another week of Yankees spring training baseball. We're so close to opening day. I can almost taste it. We're almost there. And I'll Meaning be down there next baseball. week. So follow my Twitter. I will be tweeting when I'm at the games. And uh, yeah, we'll get some more content out. Absolutely. We're going to have to sneak, sneak some on-field interviews. Just throw your phone out there and be like, hey, Mike Talkman, say something. Just really quick. Just say like four words and we'll play it on the podcast. Be like, hey, we interviewed Mike Talkman. He said, hey, guys, what's up? That's it. That was the whole Perfect. interview. And then we, yeah, and then we could just be like, oh, yeah, well, we, we lost connection. We don't know what happened. But he said, yeah. hey, guys, what's okay. up? Yeah, fair. That proves we had an interview with Mike Talkman. Exactly. <laughs> That's all we need. Just all proof. Right. All right. See you next week. All right. Bye, everyone.